No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible. Welcome to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. Today we see where Hiram the craftsman finishes the bronze furnishings, thus completing all the construction of the temple in Jerusalem. We hope you'll join us as Pastor Daryl continues in 1 Kings chapter 7 on Simply the Bible. The evangelist Billy Sunday was once asked why it was necessary to confess our sins when we're only going to sin again. He replied, it's sort of like taking a bath. You will get dirty again, but it's still good to take one every now and then. Today we will see how God provided for the priests in the temple to wash so that they would be fit to serve him and the implications that has for us. Now, the structure of Solomon's temple was complete. There were only a few more furnishings that needed to be made before the worship could begin. These furnishings were made from bronze and were the work of a craftsman named Huram. We continue today in 1 Kings chapter 7, verse 23. And he made the sea of cast bronze, ten cubits from one brim to the other. It was completely round. Its height was five cubits, and a line of thirty cubits measured its circumference. Below its brim were ornamental buds encircling it all around, ten to a cubit, all the way around the sea. The ornamental buds were cast in two rows when it was cast. Now, this large basin, sort of like a swimming pool, was so big, they called it the sea. It took the place of the bronze laver in the tabernacle. It was 15 feet in diameter, 7.5 feet high, and 45 feet in circumference. Now, these were probably approximate measurements, since if you multiply the 15-foot diameter by pi, it gives you a circumference of 47 feet. So, it's possible that the 15-foot diameter was the interior measurement and the circumference given was the measurement around the outside. It was made from a great amount of bronze, about three inches thick, with artistic work of two rows of ornamental buds all around it. Now, according to 2 Chronicles 6.4, the sea was used by the priests for washing. Beyond the rituals, this showed that only those with clean hands and a pure heart could serve before the Lord. David wrote in Psalm 24, Who may ascend into the hill of the Lord, or who may stand in his holy place? He who has clean hands and a pure heart, who has not lifted up his soul to an idol, nor sworn deceitfully. In their daily duties, the priests would get dirty and needed to be cleansed. Probably the sea had spigots just for this purpose. Now in scripture, there are two kinds of cleansing. There is the cleansing by the blood that saves us. And then there is the cleansing by the word, which washes us from just daily living. You see, in this world, as we walk, we get polluted by the world, by our own flesh. We need cleansing. 
And the Word of God has a cleansing effect in our lives. Psalm 119.9 says, How can a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed according to your word. In the upper room, Jesus told his disciples, You are already clean because of the word which I spoke to you. You recall that he actually demonstrated this by washing the feet of his disciples. And when he came to Peter, Peter said, well, no, you can't wash me, Lord. And and Jesus said, look, if I don't wash you, you have no part of me. And then he said, well, then not just my feet, but my whole body. And Jesus said, a person who is bathed all over does not need to wash except for his feet. And you disciples are clean, but not all of you. For he was speaking of Judas. Then in Ephesians 5, we are told that Jesus cleanses his church with the washing with water of the word so that he may present us to himself as a glorious church without spot or wrinkle or any other blemish. Instead, we may be holy and without fault. Therefore, it is vital for us to have this daily time in the word. It's like taking a shower. Even though you're going to get dirty again, It's important to bathe regularly, and we need to regularly read or listen to the Word of God that the Holy Spirit may cleanse us with it so that we will be fit to serve the Lord. Verse 25, The sea stood on twelve oxen, three looking toward the north, three looking toward the west, three looking toward the south, and three looking toward the east. The sea was set upon them, and all their back parts pointed inward. It was a handbreadth thick, and its brim was shaped like the brim of a cup, like a lily blossom. It contained 2,000 baths. The sea rested on the backs of 12 oxen, with three oxen facing each of the four points of the compass. Now, do you think there's any significance to that? We know that the ox is a beast of burden, which was used to plow the fields. Perhaps it speaks of the burden of ministry, and more specifically, the burden of bearing the ministry of the word. Jesus said in Matthew 11, 29, Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. We know that oxen were yoked together to pull the plow. Likewise, taking the Lord's yoke upon us means being yoked together with Him in the work of the ministry. We learn from Him, and His yoke is easy, His burden is light. If the truth be told, Jesus even carries the heavy into the load. Second, could there be any significance in the oxen facing the four directions of the compass? I think so. Even so, the Lord has sent us out with the great commission to go and make disciples of all the nations, teaching them to observe all things that he commanded us. You see, we bear his word in the ministry, for it is his word that has power to change lives. And it is tragic that so many have turned aside from the power of the word of God, just simply preaching the word, giving the sense to it, because it's the word that has power. Charles Spurgeon said, if I am to give my opinions versus the word of God, it's like holding up a candle compared to the light of the sun. Now, the sea contained 2,000 baths or 12,000 gallons of water. In verses 27 through 37, the construction details are given for 10 
bronze carts that carried 10 lavers or basins. It's tedious reading, so I'm going to paraphrase these verses. We are told that there were 10 beautifully decorated wagons, six feet square and four and a half feet high with handles at each corner. They had side panels decorated with lions, oxen, and cherubim, and panels on the flanges decorated with cherubim, lions, and palm trees. These were on wheels so that they could easily be moved from place to place. Verse 38, Then he made ten lavers of bronze. Each laver contained forty baths, and each laver was four cubits. On each of the ten carts was a laver. And he put five carts on the right side of the house and five on the left side of the house. He set the sea on the right side of the house toward the southeast. These ten laborers sat on the ten carts. Each basin held 230 gallons of water. Now, according to 2 Chronicles 6, 4, they were used for washing the burnt offerings. We will see that at the dedication of the temple, thousands of sacrifices were offered. So it's easy to see how the single labor of the tabernacle would be insufficient. Now, when they weren't being moved around, the labors on their carts were kept in the court of the priests next to the sanctuary, five on the north side and five on the south side. Verse 40, Hurim made the labors and the shovels and the bowls, so Hurim finished doing all the work that he was to do for King Solomon, for the house of the Lord. The two pillars, the two bowl-shaped capitals that were on top of the two pillars, the two networks covering the two bowl-shaped capitals, which were on top of the pillars, 400 pomegranates for the two networks, two rows of pomegranates for each network to cover the two bowl-shaped capitals that were on top of the pillars, the 10 carts and 10 lavers on the carts, one sea and twelve oxen under the sea, the pots, the shovels, and the bowls. All these articles, which Hurim made for King Solomon for the house of the Lord, were of burnished bronze. In the plain of Jordan, the king had them cast in clay molds between Succoth and Zaratan. And Solomon did not weigh all the articles because there were so many. The weight of the bronze was not determined. As we saw yesterday, Hurim was the craftsman whose father was a Phoenician from Tyre and whose mother was from the tribe of Naphtali. He made all the bronze items used in the temple. These articles Hurim made in clay molds in the plain of Jordan between Succoth and Zaratan, about 35 miles north of the Dead Sea and east of the Jordan River. The area was known for its rich deposits of clay. Thus Solomon had all the furnishings made for the house of the Lord, the altar of gold and the table of gold on which was the showbread, the lampstands of pure gold, five on the right side and five on the left in front of the inner sanctuary, with the flowers and the lamps and the wick trimmers of gold, the basins, the trimmers, the bowls, the ladles, and the censers of pure gold, and the hinges of gold, both for the doors of the inner room, the most holy place, and for the doors of the main hall of the temple. So all the work that King Solomon had done for the house of the Lord was finished, and Solomon brought in the things which his father David had dedicated, the silver and the gold and the furnishings. He put them in the treasuries of the house of the Lord. 
The tabernacle had only one golden lampstand, but Solomon made ten for the temple. Since the temple was twice the size of the tabernacle, perhaps he thought it needed more light. With five lampstands on each side, the entire holy place would have been well lit. This is where the attending priests would do their daily duties of trimming the wicks, adding oil to the lamps, and burning incense before the Lord. Then once a week, they would remove the bread from the table of showbread and bring in fresh bread. Now, there were also ten tables of showbread, according to 2 Chronicles 4.8. It's unclear why ten were required when the purpose of the single table of showbread in the tabernacle was simply to put out the 12 loaves of bread each week before the Lord, representing the 12 tribes of Israel. Now with the temple structure built, along with all its furnishings and utensils, Solomon could bring in all the silver, gold, and furnishings that David had dedicated to the Lord for the temple. These were stored in the treasuries of the house of the Lord, probably in one or more of the rooms that surrounded the temple. It had been in David's heart to build the temple, but when God wouldn't let him do it, he freely gave great amounts of wealth because of his love for the Lord. And he set an example for the elders of Israel and also for his son Solomon, who devoted himself to sparing no expense in building this temple to the Lord. When your heart is right with the Lord, it is a joy to pour yourself out for the Lord. You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. For more information about our church, please visit our website at calvarytv.org. To listen to other episodes, go to 941thevoice.com or check out our iTunes podcast. Tomorrow, we'll see where the priests place the Ark of the Covenant in the most holy place, and the Lord's glory fills the temple so the priests can't even minister. We hope you'll join us as we continue in the book of 1 Kings on Simply the Bible. Simply the Bible